The problem is people don't buy what they need, they buy what they want. So all I have to do is connect the dots. Like if a need is a walk-in bathtub, how do I get somebody to want it? Hello and welcome to Pillars of Wealth Creation, where we talk about creating financial success with a special focus on business and real estate. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. Now, let's get to it. Hello and welcome back to Pillars of Wealth Creation. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. With me, I am super excited to have Riley Meek on the show. Riley, how are you doing? Good, Todd. Great to be here, brother. Awesome, man. Well, I really appreciate you joining. And I started listening to the King's Council, uh, which is a podcast that, that you're the host of. I, maybe, I don't know, maybe like six, eight months ago, I've really enjoyed uh, the podcast, really enjoyed kind of your style. And uh, I, I think I heard you on a couple other other podcasts. Um, I think uh, I listened to uh, Entrepreneur on Fire. Okay. Uh, and I think you, you were on that one potentially, right? Yes. That's JLD. Right. Okay. Yeah. JLD. Uh, so that was good anyway. So, and I know you, you're a Minnesota uh, guy, which uh, myself as well. So I thought, man, it'd be great to have uh, Riley on the show, talk a little bit about what you're doing and you're doing, you've done some amazing things throughout your uh, entrepreneur journey and, and still doing uh, amazing things right now. So uh, excited to have you on, man. Yeah. Well, had that known we were so close, bro, we should have just did this in person. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, I'm not set up to do it. Like I need to get the equipment to be able to just like sit it. down with people and have yeah. that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> well, then we'd have to put pants on too. So yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> uh, good stuff. So I, I got to give a little bit of background about uh, Riley and uh, Riley Meek. Like I said, he's the host of the King's Council podcast, founder of King's Council Coaching. The King's Council empowers individuals to discover, develop, and deploy their God-given talents and abilities through a proven framework of success, utilizing the five power pillars of life. And over the last decade, Riley has consulted with companies and entrepreneurs to scale their businesses and wealth through the social dynamic selling system. And we'll dive in a, a little bit on that, what, what that means, but um He's been able to grow his companies to seven and eight figures within the first year on uh, eight different companies. So that's super impressive. Generating over nine figures of revenue, implementing his proven methods and strategies. Um, so, man, uh, there's so much more, but I think it's way more exciting if you actually tell your story a little bit. So why don't you dive in and tell our listeners a bit about your background and then we'll, we'll get to what you're doing today. Sure, man. I could, I could definitely do that. Although I've heard this story a thousand times. So yeah, but we haven't. So <laughs> it's exciting for, for us. So, you know, uh, I, I get the same thing. I'm on somebody's podcast. I'm like, I've told this story like 50 times. Can I just tell something? Different? <laughs> you, got, you just got to tell your story. That's it. Yeah. The, the, the fun part is, is throwing the things in, like, uh, see how many times I can say meow during yeah. this. Yeah. So you guys count. No. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> now let's get down to business here. So no. uh, anyways, man. Yeah, I grew up in, uh, so I live here in, in the Minneapolis Metro now, um, south of the Metro there on, on Prior Lake. Um, but I grew up in South Dakota. And um, South Dakota is a great place to be from. 
there's not a whole lot going on there now. So uh, I literally the day I graduated high school, I, I had driven up here to Minnesota, um, really just to be around more people. Um, again, South Dakota is great. I, I grew up in a town of about 900 people. Um, so I got to witness a lot of things that I didn't want to do, right? Like I didn't, I wasn't going to be a farmer. Um, there weren't a lot of entrepreneurs there um, or really even just operators. the farmers. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah I mean, they're, they're, they're some of the, the hardest workers, but dude, I, I one time went cabin with my grandpa and uh, watched him pull a calf out of, you know what? And I was like, I ain't doing this grandpa. So, so I quickly realized I was not going to be that, that farm boy. Um, I've never heard of calving before. Oh yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah, We do that cow tipping sometimes if we're real lucky. Um, (laughs) And you know, the winter's there, it's like, you know, negative 30 degrees. Of course, that's the only time cows want to have babies, I guess. So with the 70 um, mile an hour wind. Yeah. (laughs) It was crazy. So quickly knew what I didn't want to do, um, but I didn't know, I didn't, I didn't really know where to look um, and thank God this would have been, you know, I took my very, very first job, um, it's been the year 2000, I worked at a small town gas station, um, I, I think I was 15 at the time, and, and I, I worked one, hour, one eight hour shift, minimum wage in South Dakota was $5.15 an hour, and um, I, was, I worked one eight hour shift, I did the math in my head and I thought, there's no way I'm doing that again. So my first day was my last day of, of quote unquote on the job. And what the reason being, it wasn't that, you know, I value hard work um, uh, very much so, uh, but I knew even at that age, like I just, it didn't make sense for me that, that I allowed, um, I allowed somebody to put an, a, a dollar amount on my time. Like that's what, it wasn't against them by any means, but I knew I was more valuable than that. And it wasn't even in an arrogant way because as a young punk kid, we can be arrogant, but it was more of like, there's gotta be a better way. And so um, one of the things I've, I've, I did then that I still do to this day is if, if I wanted something in life, I started to look for the fruit in other people's lives that, that I wanted. And I just went to be around them. And there wasn't really anybody in my local circle there in South Dakota. So um, I ended up joining this, this network marketing company called Herbalife, uh, still a billion dollar company today. But the, the nearest meetings and things that I could go to were up here in Minnesota. So at the age of 15, once a month, I started to drive up on the weekends and spend a full day called these success training seminars, uh, just to be around those, those like-minded people. And I, I say mindset, Todd, because it doesn't do us any good to be pe- around people that are just like-minded. Because I mean, if we all think the same thing about everything, what good are we to each other? Right. I, it may be easy to have you know a beer with somebody, but if I want, I want to be around people that are going to push me um, or be that catalyst to continue to grow. And, and my, the mindset that I have was I was going to either progress or regress, uh, and I was choosing to progress until the day that I die. And so I wanted to be around those that that wanted that as well. Um, Did you say you and, were fifteen when this was happening. Yeah. Yeah. When I, when I first started to, to uh, dive into network marketing and I, man, I drank the Kool-Aid hard. Uh, And as much as it, uh, people, it gets a bad rap and, you know, a lot of companies that industry do, I freaking loved it. Like, and I I still love it if it's done correctly, but it's not necessarily like 
what it's always pitched to be. Like you don't just join and think you're going to make money. I right? think that's the, that's the biggest um, negative, right? About network marketing is it's, I don't know if all of them, right. But a lot of them are like sold of, Hey, join. First of all, it's that pitch. Like it said, Hey, you know, come on board and you're going to make a million dollars in three days. Right. Like join right. us now. Cause this is the best product ever. And people yeah. are like, what, what's going on here? You know, come on. And exactly. Like you said, it can be a good system. It can be good. But it takes work. work. Yeah. But it actually takes work just like any entrepreneur journey. Right. And that, I mean, that's how it just, it, they're coming at it wrong from out the gates. Like just join and you're going to make that mailbox money. It's like, yeah. no, don't pitch that. Then you're just getting a bunch of losers that don't work. No. Pitch. This is going to be hard work. Do you want to work hard too? Cause I only want to work with people that don't want to work hard. Like it's just a shift from the beginning. Anyways, we can go down a, a huge rabbit hole. On that, <laughs> but yeah, that, the young age, that's what I was, I was intending on doing. Hence the, um, you know, I've, I got myself around those type of people that I was exposed to um, books or CDs on, on, you know, back then when we had CDs, I had a five hour drive one yeah. way, one time a month. So I was just consuming as much personal development. I didn't even know personal development was a thing um, until I got involved in, in, into that industry. And I got in, introduced to people like Jim Rohn and, and, uh, 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 just uh, all these great philosophers of, of how to think and audit our thoughts. Why do we think the way that we think? Because at the end of the day, we are all products of our, you know, unsolicited products of our environment, yeah. right? Like how we grew up, if, if our folks have a negative mindset or just demeanor, we're more inclined to have that, right? What, who are the friends that we're around with? And when I looked at my friends in high school, nothing against them, but they didn't have anything that I wanted. Their parents didn't have anything that I wanted. And it was like, I got it. I had to be intentional about putting myself in those environments. And when I, when I realized that started to pay off and sometimes I had to pay money to do it. Sometimes I had to serve my way in to do it, to get a seat at the table, right? Like sometimes you got to pay to get a seat at the table. Sometimes you got to serve water at the table. The point is, is you're at the table and you can, you can start to glean off of and just pull these little nuggets of wisdom and understanding how people actually achieved quote unquote success, right? And success is different for everybody. Um, but that's really what started my, my entrepreneurial journey um, until you know, I, I graduated high school and I moved up here to Minnesota. Uh, my intent then was still like, go to school, um, get it. I mean, I was making, you know, a few thousand bucks a month um, so with, with my network marketing company, which for a high schooler, that's not bad, right? Um, but I, I just intended to be, I just thought like still the best way to, to create wealth was to become a doctor, right? Like that's just what I thought my intent was. So I went to um, Normandale Community College there in Bloomington, and I, I started, I, I was personal fitness training, um, and I started to actually gain some real traction from a sales standpoint with these nutritional supplements, these, you know, these Herbalife supplements. Um, but the, the thing that I always, I never liked about that, man, was that in, in any industry, I mean, even, even in your industry, it's like, sometimes it's, it's like you, you get into it or an insurance salesman, you get into it. And the first thing they probably ask you to do is like, well, who do you know? But who's your friends and family? 
Like it, all of mine had either drank the Kool-Aid already or they freaking hated people that drank the Kool-Aid, right? Like that, like it's every family dinner was like, let's talk about Herbalife or let's, uh, you know, not go to the family dinner because I ain't doing it, right? Um, and, and so I needed a way to reach cold traffic. Like the, I wanted to talk to people that didn't have any preconceived notions or ideas about me as a person or, or the company. And so that was my first understanding of, of marketing, of like, how do I get somebody to pick up the phone and call me? Because back then we didn't really even have internet that a whole, you know, at least not to the level we have today. Um, and I, I started to place these little ads in these papers. They said, they literally said, we pay you to lose weight. Seven words and with a phone number. And my phone rang off the hook. Uh, and I started retailing. I was selling between like 10 and 15 grand a month in vitamins, these nutritional supplements. The problem with that was I was like working my tail off, right? As, as we were just talking prior to this, like it, it was so much work on my end. It wasn't worth the squeeze at, at the end. It was like, yeah, I, I had my BMW at the age of 19. I thought I was really something. I thought the heck was school. Why would I go six figures in debt when I can make six figures right now? And, and but I was working 18, 19 hours a day doing this. And I quickly burnt out and thought, this isn't what I want to do for the rest of my life. Um, and what, as much as I loved the idea that, you know, being that independent contractor in sales, they always tell you, like, you earn what you're worth. And if, because if you want to, you want to make more, you just work more. Um, or your earning is uncapped. That's a good one that they would always pitch. Like, you can earn as much as you want. And I never bought into that based upon the amount of time in a day. I was like, this... I can only do so many presentations before I have to, you know, sleep, right? I just have to recharge. Uh, so I never bought into that. And, and I, what I ended up doing is going from, you know, selling these $30 supplements to higher ticketed products. And I jumped from siding and windows to uh, business valuations to uh, just higher and higher commissionable products that allowed me to make more money. But still, I was, there was that ceiling. Could I be a manager? Yes, but it wasn't like exponential growth yeah. that I experienced. And I, 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 was, I was searching one day after like a failed business venture. Uh, I was 24 at the time. Uh, again, life is pretty good for me, working hard. But um, I was searching at night when, and I came across this ad. It says, um, we pay you, or excuse me, it said, I'll work three days a week and make 10,000 bucks. And I thought, yeah, right. Uh, but I, I had to inquire upon it. Like that's a yeah, yeah. pretty good deal, right? Yeah, pretty pretty <laughs> solid deal, right? <laughs> so I inquired it, and this guy, he, I never, it, it didn't really, like I didn't grasp a hold of what he was saying until I actually got to come out to one of his events, and he was talking about selling one to many groups of people, and it rocked my world. I I, I drove down to Mankato where this guy was holding this dinner seminar, and. I, I walked in, there's like 20, 25 people in the room. He did a presentation, like not a good one, um, really. But at the end of it, he got seven people to give an, an appointment to meet with him the next day to ultimately present their price and close the deal. And out of that, he, he made a few sales and it rocked my world. I was like, holy cow, if this guy can do that one presentation, he only met with the people that cared enough. Yeah. I was like, I'm gonna get filthy rich doing this thing. So I, I, I took some of his concepts of, of what he was selling, added some of my own. And at this point in time, 
I kind of skipped over the failed business venture. But at this point in time, I was broke, sleeping on my sister's couch. I had 673 bucks in my bank account. My wife was pregnant at the time. I mean, why not? Failed business, you're broke. Why don't we get pregnant? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it makes sense. That's what everybody does, right? Yeah. It's like, I need to have a better story. Let's just throw some more stuff on this (laughs) stuff. Uh, you knew so, you were going to be on podcasts. I knew future, it. And you're like, I got to have a great story, right? <laughs> exactly. So I, what I did though, is I had a credit card. Thank God. I, I paid for some marketing dollars um, and, and sent some invitations out, had a few people show up. I made a couple sales. And what I did though, I didn't just go out and buy, you know, diapers, which I probably should have, but I had a few months buffer before we had a baby coming. Um, I kept investing that back into the company into my next, my, my next series of events. And that was in July of 2011 when I hosted my first event. By the end of that year, six months later, we had done 2.1 million in sales. Uh, the whole next year, I was like, okay, this thing's working now. Can I hire and train people to do this system? By the end of 2012, I had uh, 26 crews across 38 states that was, were selling. We'd done 12 million that year. And that's when I was able to step back and work on my business versus continually working in it. And, and uh, from there, it was like, okay, the system works. That's that, that was the, the big thing for me. Like the product was irrelevant. I didn't give a rip about what we were selling. I still don't give a rip about anything that I sell to, to this day. Now, morally and ethically, they have to be great sound products. Um, but it's hard to get passionate about a walk-in bathtub. I have a walk-in bathtub company, right? Like I don't care Yes, people should bathe safely. They should they should feel good when they soak. But if you think about it, like, would you really get excited about the products that you're selling? If the answer is no, it's okay. Okay, I want to want want people to know that because I've never been so excited about what I get to go out and sell that day. But what I get excited about is the the ability to provide for my family and 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 fulfill the the God given vision that that I've that I know has been placed within me. Uh, but knowing that it takes work and it takes money to make that happen. So if I can identify a need, right? Look in the marketplace, anybody, what is a need that's out there right now? The problem is people don't buy what they need. They buy what they want. So all I have to do is connect the dots. Like if a need is a walk-in bathtub, how do I get somebody to want it? And can I create that in an emotional experience for them to ultimately make that decision, right? Whether it be yes or no, at least they make a decision. And so that, that has, that's so important though. I want to just rewind a little bit with what you said, you know, like a lot of people think they have to love what they sell. You have to absolutely love it. You, you got, you have to have a passion for it. And and sure. It's great if you like it and and all that kind of stuff, but, but what's more important is what you just said. Is it a need and do people want it or know that like, how, how, how have you made it? So they know they want it. And then is it, of course, like you said, is it ethical? Is it safe? Is it, you know, is it something you can actually put your name behind? Right. That's really important too. Uh, but, but yeah, is it a need? Like if it's not a need, you know, probably don't need to sell it. Uh, but you don't have to absolutely love it. You, quite frankly, you don't even have to use it yourself. Right. Yeah. I don't have a walk-in bathtub in yeah. my house. Right. But I mean, that's just one example, but even if it, it, it's a need, because I could think of a lot of products out there that people don't need, like just turn on the infomercials at night, but they want it. So they buy it anyways, stupidly. Like you yeah, don't they think that. they need it. Right, exactly. So when I would, just to kind of recover that, like 
I want to sell something that's that's going to bring value to somebody that they're going to want and love, not down the road. Yeah. That's my idea of like identify a need. And as entrepreneurs, which I believe everybody on the planet is an entrepreneur. If you look at the root word of it, it just means to undertake. Like if you're willing to undertake the task at hand, mm. scan the marketplace, scan what's going on in the world, society, what's going on, and how can you identify a need, but always bring your passion with you, right? So many people try to be, if, you, if, you, if anybody's told you like, just follow your passion, you'll never work a day in your life, bull crap. That is not true at all. So most people's passions will leave them broke at the, on the side of the road, right? Like it's, it, it, I can probably go downtown Minneapolis and find three people passionate about doing crack that they're broke, right? Because that's their passion in life. Like, no, if, 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 you're pa- if you have a God-given passion in your life, look for the opportunity that's going to fund that passion, yeah. right? Because bring your passion with you, but find the opportunities, create the want afford to fill that need and then now you can now you can scale and leverage that thing that's going to allow you to fund your passion like my my business partner his wife her passion is rocking babies she ain't gonna get paid doing that or if she does she's gonna be living in the trailer park doing that right and it's gonna be a little weird yeah right (laughs) but if she has a business that's producing great wealth that allows her to have the time to do that have you know properties maybe to do that like that's that's the idea behind bringing, always bring your passion with you. Um, and you don't be chasing your passion, bring it with you. So I, I love that. That's so, that's so important for people to understand and, and know, cause you're, you, you're right. So, oh, you got to do what you're passionate about. Well, look, there's a lot of starving artists out there. There's a lot of, like, there's a lot of people, like you said, like just, they think they got to do what they're passionate about. No, bring the passion into what you're doing. You, you exactly. Know? Exactly, man. And that's, that's just, and this isn't stuff that I just came out the womb knowing, like this is a lot of failure and understanding, you know, thinking that I'm passionate about fitness and I wanted to do that. Uh, but I realized I wasn't going to create the money that I needed unless I was training, you know, Britney Spears at the time. Right. And so it's like, I had to look for other opportunities to create that, that revenue source to create that wealth that allows me to do things like we do now with, with our King's council coaching program. So to, to, I'll, I'll put a button on on this man. Like I created the social dynamic selling um, multiple different companies. As you mentioned, every single one of those that we've started um, has hit seven figures. A couple of them, we hit eight figures within the first actually nine months of, of every one that we've started. That's what's done the nine figures in in, in sales here over the last uh, decade. Um, But the, the real point of that is it has zero to do with me. I, I, as I mean, I could put a monkey in my position and sh- short of him, fo- you know, not following the system, it, anybody can do this. Okay. It's, it's because it's, it's high ticket sales from a dinner seminar model. You know, financial advisors have been doing this. We do this for, for syndicates uh, all the time, f- finding accredited investors, filling them in the room, putting them in a room uh, that are interested in, in multifamily investments. Like they're like, Oh, great. Right. Or uh, people that need walk-in bathtubs of, we have doctors that do this with regenerative medicine space. So all over the board, he who controls the customer controls everything. And that's been my philosophy. The problem is people have, they get so excited about their product and their service. They just think people are going to be knocking at their door, which is not, that, that's not true. If you build it, they do not come. You've got to have a sales and a marketing system in place that continually provides a, a continual flow of new leads people to talk to and, and ultimately sales and prospects. 
I transitioned into just consulting companies on how to do that for um, in, in 2016, which has been great. We still operate that. Um, again, a system is in place that, that we, we teach people how to, how to sell through dinner seminars, how to market, how to fill rooms. Um, but that ultimately still, as much as that was fun um, and financially has been great for us, uh, a few years ago, I was still, we bought a, a home on the lake here. It's like, you'd think everything would be great. My wife and I are sitting on the couch downstairs and I just had like this, just, just this feeling of unfulfillment of like, is this really what I'm supposed to do? Like go make money and don't get me wrong. It's money's a wonderful thing, if, right? It, it, you can do amazing things with it, right? You can do terrible things with it too. The point is, is it's a thing, it's a tool. It, it comes down to your heart, the issue of your heart and the stewardship that you have. Um, and, and I knew that God had given me the ability to, to create money, right? Money can be created. Like our government just creates it every day in the printing press. Um, <laughs> another, another topic, but yeah. it can be created um, if, if the value is there. Uh, but that, that wasn't what really got me excited. I wanted to, to actually teach these principles and, and take people through this understanding of, of this, this philosophy of, of how things work from a, a sales standpoint, marketing standpoint. And, and that evolved into more so coaching people um, into, into what, again, we know as the King's Council. And that's really been my focus here over the last year and a half or so is teaching people. So there's consulting and there's coaching. Yep. You know, they're two different things. Most people don't yep. understand coaches, some of the best coaches are terrible at shooting free throws, right? But they can coach people through it because the best coach is going to be able to ask the right questions to, to, to pull out the answer that's already deep within you, right? And then there's consulting that is, this is how you do it, when you do it, why you do it. And, and we're going to like consult through this process to we'll all be successful. What I believe we've really done with the King's Council is married the two because I'm not interested. It, one of the, my philosophies, I've never hired a coach this is just me personally. Okay. This it doesn't have to be for everybody, but I've never hired a coach that hasn't gone before me and done what I'm looking to do. Right. Like if I'm going to hire a, a fitness trainer, I've seen some 300 pound fitness trainers at the, at lifetime fitness, like yeah. who, and, and they're booked, yeah. they're slammed yeah. they're with clients all the time. And I'm like, what are you, do you think that you like, do you, you know, do, do eat your own cooking, obviously a little too much of it. Right. Like, <laughs> so is that, sorry, Todd, but that, like, that's, that's my philosophy. And I'm never going to take financial advice from somebody that's not that's doing it. Like there's always, especially crypto world. Oh, well, you should have did this or you should have that. Like, are you doing that? Well, you know, things it's like, okay, well, shut up. Right. Like it, there's a lot of people with opinions out there, but if look at the fruit in their life, Again, if people are going to coach you on anything, are they doing it? Have they proven that model? Yeah. And, and that's what we do within our coaching program is, is we've married this model of, yeah, we're going to be able to coach and extract info. And if it's something that I've done, I'm going to be able to consult with you, or I'm going to resource you out to somebody that I know that's already proven that concept so we can all grow together and, and become you know, more and more successful together. Again, success is a, means a lot of different things to different people. Um, it's not just about money, right? Money ain't everything. Unless you don't have enough of it, then it quickly becomes our everything. Um, but when you have enough of it, then it allows us to really focus on like what truly, truly matters in our own life. Yeah, yeah.
and that that's the power of of being able to you know create that wealth is that now I, I feel like a lot of people money becomes like they're a slave to it the when you actually have it when you actually obtain it i i feel like you no longer have you know like it's no longer there right it, yeah. it's it's a tool like you said it's just a tool yeah money's great but it's just a tool like that that's all and if you have a lot of it you have a lot of tools yeah and you're able to do and you're able to do what you want and you're able to create what you want and and also bad things but hopefully good things uh right we we want money to be with the right people uh not the, not the wrong people absolutely um, and that's the shift man I, two seconds on this because yeah. you kind of th- i get excited about this you said you know people are a slave slave to money that's the shift that that my focus really is with the king's council i mean we are a, a faith-based organization yeah. uh and and when you said you know the bible tells us that that you cannot serve two masters. You cannot serve both God and money, right? Like, so we've all heard that. If we've read any scripture or been to any, yeah, you know, yeah. broke church that's out there, because most of them are, because I think they really get this philosophy wrong. They, they talk about, they're, they're only talking about like, well, rich people can't get into heaven. It's like, that ain't true, right? It's hard. It says it's hard. It's harder to go through the needle through the uh, camel through the needle of a, uh, or the eye of a needle, right? But also, that means that it's, it's doable. It can be done, right? So th- that's, that's where my brain goes immediately. And I know that if, when I look at this, if I can't serve two masters, how do I know who I'm serving? Like, how do I know this? Like, if I'm, because most people think that entrepreneurs are, we're, we're money hungry. We only care about making money. And it's like, uh, uh, we're, you know, we're somehow the bad people in this, right? And it's always the broke people that, that have this mindset, coincidentally. Um, and when I look at that, that scripture, it's like, how do we know who we're serving? And it really boils down to who is dictating the decision that we make. Yeah. What's, what's dictating the decision. So I'm, I'm telling you as much as you have to work, you got to work to make money. This concept of being an employee is not in the Bible anywhere. Okay. And this is how I base my life off of, you don't have to listeners, but I would suggest you take a look at it because it's, a, it's pretty proven you don't, there's no concept of an employee in the Bible, right? So if you are, if you, what, if you're leaving the people that you so-called love, because ask anybody this question, what do you love? It's like, well, I love my family. I love my, which is usually a BS answer because it's, it's what's supposed to be told, right? But instead, where are they spending the majority of their time? They're leaving their family to go serve somebody else, their boss, to go make money, yet they're saying that I'm serving God in this manner. It's, go, it's completely, ba- it's, it's backwards, Right. So ask your question, well, who am I by serving? The, by the way, the money they make, they're spending it because they feel guilty if they have too much of it. Yep. So yep. they spend it all instead of doing something productive and good that's going to actually create something valuable exactly. in this world, which is exactly. crazy. Like, it, like yeah, on. creating it. I mean, the parable of the talents, another very popular parable. It's like, the one that gets one talent, one gets two and the other gets five. And then what's always left out of those, it's like God says to each according to their ability. So if I have the ability, I dang, like I want the dude that has the five ability. I don't want the guy that's got one. I'm just going to bury it. Mm-hmm. Right. The dude who's just scared and not going to create more with it. 
yet the one who had, had two doubled it, the one who had five doubled it according to their ability. And our ability, our ability in anything that we do is based on three things. Our, the availability, like, am I going to make myself available? Like, all right, God, I'm here. Use me on this earth. Am I going to be responsible? So the responsibility to steward that well, and then the accountability, right? Because we're, we're going to be account to everything that we do, whether we think it or not, we are accountable to someone, right? And, and if I'm going to, I'm going to make myself available, I'm going to take on the responsibility and be, a, have the accountability to do it. Th then we're going to be given the ability to, to do more and create more. Yeah. So that's, I mean, I get a little excited. I could talk about this for hours, but one of the, back to the serving God and money, the only way that I've really known how I know that I'm not serving money in anything that I do is, is through generosity and through giving it away, right? If you want to know if you're serving, because even if we, we think we're stewarding money well, this is where a lot of Christians, I believe, even get this concept wrong. We're stewarding well because we're looking for the cheapest we're going through the penny savers. We're looking for the cheapest thing possible. Mm. And usually it's the crappiest thing possible too. Right. Um, but we're, we're saving money. Why? Who's dictating that decision? Money is, money. right? Versus I could go to Hobby Lobby, which is a very professed, faith-filled, professed um, owner, the Green family there of like, yeah, maybe it's $2 more. But if, if my mindset is I'm going to sow into them, I'm going to steward into them because I know they're going to take that dollar and they're going to multiply it more and more. That's something that I believe God's going to bless. That's the kingdom economy that, that we coach on within the King's council versus how do I, who's dictating the decision that I make? Is it God or is it money? And that's who, you know, who you're serving in that, those situations. So Sorry, I can go on a, a tangent with that, Todd. No, no I, th I think that's, it's great. Uh, you know, I always look, I think a lot of stuff gets lost in translation to like when, when you just said, you know, rich, rich people can't go to heaven, you know, the, 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 the eye of the needle, whatever. Yeah. Well, what, what is a rich person and how does the Bible actually speak of a rich person? Because when, when you look back at how things used to be, you had this, uh, these, a lot of people that had money that were wealthy were kind of rulers over people. And so was it just rich people? Was it because they had money or was it because of how they acted when, you know, is, is it because of their status and they thought they were better than everybody else and they thought they thought they had it all figured out. So there's a lot that's lost in translation, in my opinion, uh, with the Bible and we get confused just like that. You know, you, you got the, uh, uh, what was the one that, oh, the love of money is the root of all evil. No, it's, it says the, it, it's not that you, what is it? The, it's, so people, people often say people it's have, money is the root of all kinds. Yeah, of the evil. money is the root of, the yeah, love. it's the love of money. Right. Yeah. And so there's a big, like misconception there. The money is not evil money. Money's like, we already said, it's a tool. Like right. tools are not evil. You're telling me the hammer that I have in my garage is evil. The skill saw that I got in my garage is somehow going to be evil right. and I'm not going to get to heaven because I've got a hammer. Right. Like, no, that's not, that's not the case. Like it it, it makes no sense. So yep. let's, let's actually, I, I like this topic. Um, and it's a little bit outside of my scope because we don't, you know, we, I mentioned God and stuff in my podcast, but not a lot, but I think, yeah. I think there's a lot of people that, um, listen to this, that, that do have faith, whether, whether they're Christians or whether they're Jews or, or whatever, but let's talk about money and faith a little bit. I mean, we, we, I guess we already have been so, so, but let's, let's like, dive into 
you know, when, when you're looking at your coaching program, you know, the King's council, you guys are, I'm assuming diving into some of these, like we got this crazy mindset that somehow we make money. That's bad. And, and are there any like strategies or is it just kind of talking through it or what, what's, what's your, I guess, take yeah. on this whole thing. Yeah, definitely. I mean, a lot of strategies involved with it. I mean, I could, we could sit here and come up with probably four different businesses here in the next 15 minutes if we wanted to and, and start making money doing it. Yeah. Um, so usually we're going to talk about like, what is it that, you know, if somebody comes in, they have an idea because we birth a lot of businesses out of our, our coaching company, but no matter what we, no matter, and this is what I love to dial into how we base everything off of. And I didn't know that I was doing this for the first 33 years of my life, man. Um, this is something that, that has been revealed to me uh, through, through trial and error. And then obviously just when I got serious about diving into the, the scriptures and like, holy cow, this is like, we have a playbook of, of life. And I mean, you don't have to be a, a Christian to a, agree with me on any of this stuff, but I'm telling you, it's, it's, it's in the Bible and, and it works every single time. And until it doesn't work, I'm, I'm going to be very confident in that. Like it's, it's a model. It, like our, our life is an open book test it, through the word of God. Now you would mention like, sometimes we don't really, especially the versions, like you can read King James version or NIV. And it's like, what the, the message is like, I don't even know what the heck I'm talking. Like, and it's all been translated from a totally different language anyway. It, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> in the first place though. But I still, whatever the words necessarily are, maybe they have been transcribed or not and differently, like there's kingdom principles that are, that are, that are laws, right? No different than I can drop this pen. It's going to fall gravity. That's a, that's a, that's a law. There are spiritual laws out there, like the law of sowing and reaping, right? Whatever you sow, you're, you're going to reap. So if you're sowing negative thoughts or uh, you're talking poorly on somebody, that's what you're reaping. So when you've got that fruit in your life, don't go look at the mirror first right now, this whole idea of like, you know, good things happen happen to our bad things happen to good people. It, this is again, we're, none of us are good people, right? We can give away all our money. We can do everything with this, but at the end of the day, we're, 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 we're bad people. It, that's just, it's, that's just what has happened um, since the beginning of time. Right. And so. Yeah. We all have faults. I don't care who you are. We all exactly. have faults. And, and from the beginning of time, you know, God created Adam to, to work. Like he was there to steward the garden. I have so many uh, um, stories of, of gardens and, and, and how that can relate to our own life. But the very, very first thing that I, that I coach people on is the seven day of creation, God given biblical template of how to do life. Right. And so God created uh, um, out of, out of nothing, right? Like we are a, there was nothing. Okay, and, and the very first thing that God did was he spoke into existence, let there be light, right? So whether you're starting a business or you're starting a relationship, it doesn't matter what it is. If you approach this seven-day template, I can promise you it'll work, but there, we serve a God of structure and order, okay? So you can't go, I can't rush to day five. And what I mean by that is day five is when God created us as human beings, so there were four days prior to that in which he had to create the vegetation, the food to actually eat, right? If, if we, he created us and then created that, what, if, what would we have eaten? Yeah. Right. So this is, it's like, what came first, the chicken or the egg, the chicken, 
Okay, I'm telling you, God created chickens and then they had eggs. Okay, so that that's the 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 approach that we have to take. So when when we talk about day one, God said, "Let there be light." What happened then is he 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 spoke energy into the world, into the existence. That's why the the word that the words that we speak are so powerful and are so overlooked uh, in in all facets of life, right? Like we can the power of 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 life and death is in our tongue. Okay, especially if you have kiddos, what you're speaking over them, or even if they're not, not even around this, the words that you're speaking on them has creates an energy in this world that, that is from the beginning of time. Yeah. Okay. Cause we are created in God's image. She said, let there be light. Boom. The problem with this, most people think light as like the sun, yeah. right? Like right now outside it's light out. So I think it's because of the sun. God didn't create the sun until day four. So what was he doing in that? He said, let there be light because also in scripture, I read that God is light which is a totally like, what the heck? So when he said, let there be light, is he cast his energy and, and vision into this world, okay? Out of nothing, he created. So vision is not sight. Vision is the mindset that we have in our own mind about what we're doing. So if you're starting a business, what's the vision for the business? Okay, if you're, if you're courting somebody right now, right? If you're just on Tinder, like probably don't find your wife on Tinder, right? But maybe if you're, if you're, if you're with your wife, you're trying to find your wife, What's the vision for What's it? Vision? What's the vision? Do you want kids? Do you not want kids? Like, this is stuff that you have to talk out. And on day two, it, scripture tells us that God created the firmament. I didn't even know what this word meant, but he separated the heavens from the earth. He created the atmosphere is what we know it as today, right? And so when I look at that, like, what's the atmosphere? What's the culture that we're putting ourselves in? Who are we surrounding ourselves with? Are they, are they people that are that like mindsetted? that I, I started to, to surround myself with at the age of 15, right? Am I, re, am I listening to amazing podcasts like yours? Am I, am I consuming content, reading the right books? What's the culture that I'm putting? If you're running your business, you've got the vision. Are your employees happy now, right? Do they, or do they hit the, like punch out the moment it hits five o'clock? Yeah. Like, or are they excited to get there? Yeah. It can Have people bought into the vision? Okay, and then day three is structure. I don't want to take all the time doing this, Todd, but it's structure. Day four is order. Okay, so structure would be like, do we have a plan now? Is there a playbook to this life? Okay, well, that's where God created the vegetation. So there was going to be uh, oxygen for us to breathe, photosynthesis, chlorophyll, morophyll, right? Whatever. He had to create the plan. And then he created the sun and the moon, the order. He said, night happened and then day happened. Night happened and then day happened. Day five, then he finally created us. Right. Or excuse me, he created momentum. I actually said this wrong earlier. Correct me on that, man. Day five was his movement. He created all the critters of, of the earth. Right. Which is like in business. It's like, OK, we're, we're now we've got sales coming in. Things are happening. Day six, he created us. OK, that's relationship. He that, that and from a business standpoint, that's like when we can scale our business, because our great commission is to go forth and multiply, to take dominion on this earth. And, and that's from a, whether it's a business if, if we're happy just making 2 million a year in our business, why? If you're happy just making hundred grand in your business, why? We are called to do, as, to do as much as we can to go forth to take dominion. So we, we're the ones that limit our own minds, our, 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 our abilities, okay? We are the ones that do that to ourselves. And then day seven is the actual, the, the Sabbath, the day of rest. And this is one that, that gets missed a lot, especially by entrepreneurs. 
Okay, because the signs that I used to have on my wall said grind and execute and hustle, right? And that's what I did for a decade of my life. Like I worked and I worked and I worked and I worked, okay? And it produced money for a period of time, okay? But every time I would have a huge spike, it seems like I would just do something that I would, I would have a failure, right? A quote unquote failure, right? And I would, I would start another business. I would start another business. I would start another business, had great successes, but I realized I wasn't actually taking the time because it's interesting. The Sabbath wasn't cre created for God. It's not like God created. Yeah. He didn't uh, need to rest. He didn't get tired. Right. Yeah. Like he's like, Oh man, this has been a lot of hard work. I need to take a day. No, he created it after us for us. Yeah. And, and, and that's just a time in which not only, yes, we need to rest, recover, recuperate, but it's also a time in which we get to honor God. And, and, and actually commit to his plan because the Bible tells us to seek first the kingdom of God and all things that we do, whether obviously the dollar, the, the first 10%, the tithe, no matter what, which again, kingdom principle, I, it's the only thing in the Bible that God actually says to test him on. And I promise you at the age of 24, when I actually did this, that was the year I made my first million. Okay. But it took me making the commitment. I didn't, I didn't get money and then become generous because that's not generosity. I started to become generous with the little that I had. And then it just started to come and come in and come in and come in and come in. And I think so many I, people think with being generous, like they can't be generous until they make the money because they don't have money. Like I don't have money to be generous with. Right. Yeah, you do. Like 10% of a hundred dollars is still 10%. Absolutely. Because the amount you have to give them. Yeah, they did. You don't have to give a million dollars away. If yeah. you give $10 away, that's okay. That's being generous as long as it's a, a relative you know, amount, right? It, now, if you give $10 away and you made a million dollars that year, yeah, you're being stingy and you're not being generous. But right, right. And it's also just a tithe in itself isn't even generosity. That's obedience. Yeah. If you, again, you don't have to abide to these the Bible. Okay. Yeah. But I'm telling you, this is what I subscribe to. And this is what works. 10% is an act of obedience. Mm -hmm. Okay. So whether, if I make a hundred bucks, 10 bucks is going to the, back to the local church. That's a tithe. That's okay. A tithe. Above and beyond is generosity. Yeah. Okay. So if I make 10 million bucks, a million bucks is going right away to the church above and beyond is generosity. Mm -hmm. Okay. Going back to the parable of the talents, God gives each according to their ability. Okay. I read a statistic they called the tithe, the, the average tithe here in the United States is like 2.5%, which wow. that doesn't even make sense because that's not a tithe. The tithe is one-tenth, okay? So what, what they're saying is 2.5% of people that go to church, that's the amount of money that they're giving. And it's like, no wonder we are freaking broke as jokes, Christians. Why would anybody want to be a Christian? We have no fruit in our life that, that people want, a select few, right? Where if we just got back to these kingdom principles, I can promise you, and this is what King's Council is about and what we're shifting in the marketplace here is kingdom principles. We're going to be speaking these and, and, and teaching these philosophies, kingdom back principles that work every freaking time if we actually do them. They're spiritual yeah. laws, man. I, 
I could go on and on with the seven days, no, but I love, it. That's I, stuff. <laughs> I, I love the, you, you mentioned go forth and multiply. And that's something that, that I have to always think about. I I've been asked like, when is enough enough? My parents actually asked me, I think my dad, he was the one he's like, when's enough enough. And I said, well, enough, I, I, I don't know. Tell me when all the problems in the world are solved. That's right. when enough is right. enough. Like go forth and multiply. God didn't say go forth, do some stuff. And then just, sit on the beach and drink Mai Tais all day. Right, right, exactly. No, go forth and multiply. Well, what are you doing? You've got you've got these God-given abilities. You've got these abilities. So why not utilize them? Mm-hmm. That That's actually, in my opinion... Uh, you know, for, for me, again, it's my faith. So, so for me, it's, it's, I'm sinning if I'm not actually truly living up to my abilities. I can't remember, maybe it was even on your podcast, but something somebody said, and it really hit me is they said, what, what would it, what would it be like if you got to heaven many years from now, you end up dying, you go to heaven and God, God sits there and he goes, Hey, you play this clip. You know, and, and I'm paraphrasing. I don't remember exactly how it was said, but so I'm going to play you this clip. This is what your life would have been like had you actually lived up to your abilities. Yeah. This is the difference you could have made. These are the people you could have affected. Yeah. Like, holy crap. Like, oh, <laughs> you know, like, wow. You know, yeah. so I don't want that. I don't, I don't want the clip to be played to say, wow, this is what you could have done. I want, I want to, you know, got to go you you went forth and you multiplied you you know brought my kingdom to you know with you on earth and and you know that it's it's a different mindset yeah Um, it is and that's 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 the what's what spurs me on is i i believe first off retirement is not anywhere in the bible again right it's it's people that have this mindset of i'm gonna work for 40 years and then retire and sit my ties like you said they're they're the ones dead a year or two after that because they've lost any sort of desire to do anything their identity right so you got to have you know what your identity is the core values of who you are whose you are why you're doing what you're doing and then we do that until the day we die now it may slow down who put the timeline on us to be to say hey by the way, when you hit 65 or whatever age it is that you think you're going to retire, by the when you hit 65, you're kind of worthless and you're not going to do anything for the rest of your life. So just, just go and, you know, hang out and vacate. Wait a second. I want to be productive. I want to, like, I want to, I want to be the 95 year old dude that goes to a closing table and buys a 250 unit apartment complex. And when they're like, what are you going to do with this thing? Well, what do you mean? I'm going to, I'm going to add value to it and I'm going to sell it in five years so I can buy the next one. Absolutely. Like, that's my, that's how I want my mindset to be. I want to continue to make a difference to the day I die. Like put me yes. in the ground. Yes. That's when I'm stopping making a difference here on earth. Right. Yes, exactly, man. And you said, who put a timeline on that? I'll tell you, I mean, <laughs> we could do another podcast for this <laughs> The industrial revolution, the desire, the need to create yeah. employees, yeah. which is when the traditional school system, as we know it today, was put into effect. Up until then, there wasn't, you didn't go to school until 12th grade. The, the latest was like seventh grade. And then you had a book on how to build a business, right? Look at there in the, throughout the Bible, there's four people, four types of people. There's masters, there's slaves, there's laborers and there's servants. Yeah. Okay. There, there, there are no employees. There's no retired people. It's that's who, who lived on the earth back then 
we as a society have created this, this how to become an employee, right? And like, what's the safe thing to do as we're, we're being controlled by the powers that be? And I'm not, I'm not standing for it. Like this is, the, this is the movement, the mission that we're on is to teach people to be creative again. It's okay. We, and most people think, well, I'm just not creative. I don't know how to be an entrepreneur. Yes, you are. You were created in God's image who was a creator. Therefore, you are taught now to, not how to do it over the last however many years you've been on this earth. And that's the idea of being able to pull that information, to extract it out of people, to become who we truly were called to be um, on this earth, as you mentioned, man. So let's yeah. let's go, dude. <laughs> I, I, I think a lot of us too, just living in fear and, and not not you know, it's just, it's easy. It's maybe, and I, I would actually argue that it's not, but it's easier, right. To conform to society. It's easier to work that nine to five job and, and, and do what everybody else is doing. I actually, again, like I would argue that that's not easier. That's not the easiest path. That's probably the most difficult path. And that's the path of like the least, um, I, I don't know, just, just, what's the, what's the word I'm thinking? Just, just the, the, the least, um, resistance, maybe the passively least resistant. I, well, yeah, it, it is. But I, I just like the least fulfillment, I guess. That's what oh, I for sure. I'm trying to say is, you, you know, yeah. And that idea of being safe, like that's the, mo- yeah. like, look at what happened during COVID dude. Yeah. When COVID went down. Yeah. I lost a ton of money on marketing and stuff that I had out. But the first thing I did was head on a swivel, What's the next opportunity? What can I do to provide value versus my employer telling me to stay home, wear a mask, get vaccinated before I can come back to work? Now, that that to me is a slave. I ain't being that for anybody. Uh, I want to be in control of my destiny and destination and for my family because that's who we are called to be, not reliant on somebody providing me a paycheck, telling me when I can go to the bathroom or not go to the bathroom or like that ain't that ain't life. That So if you're if you're doing that right now, I would encourage you to look at other things and other options, maybe get with Todd and uh, figure out how to create some other revenue sources uh, to, to get you out of that environment. Man, I think uh, I, I got, I'm going to have to have you back on because I got like so many more things I want to talk about. We didn't even get into the dynamic selling system. Like <laughs> we didn't cover like any of that stuff because, you know, it's just like we, there's so much more to talk about. But uh, unfortunately, like I'm already over our time limit, by the way. <laughs> So I apologize for keeping you so long no worries, as it is, but I think, uh, I think we're both very passionate about a lot of the same stuff. So it, absolutely it's good. I'll, I'll be back on, man. That'd be great. <laughs> that will be fun to have you back on. All right. So to, for, for time, let, let me, let's wrap up. Okay. So I got a couple last questions I want to ask you real quick. Uh, you've already mentioned it, but I, I'm in this kind of this time here where, I, I love that you talked about the generosity and um, I've been semi-intentional about giving, but not as much as I want to be. And so I've been asking this question to all my guests to kind of just feel out what other people are doing and, and just to understand. And, and I think it's, it's just helping me. So this is a selfish question for me. How do you like to give back? What do you like to do? What's your kind of, did you have a certain passion or is it a lot of different things, I'm sure. But Man, a lot of different things, I guess. But really, p- part of the King's Council, while it is a paid coaching program, yeah. I, before we even started this interview, we were talking about our, like, this last year. It's like, I, don't, I, I said, I don't think I've worked more in this last <laughs> year and made so little. Um, 
However, the people, the community, the tribe that we we built, they're the ones that that are producing wealth, and and they're the ones that are that are growing through this. So that's what I love. I love, and I love just talking, getting on these podcasts, and 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 teaching these principles that I think are are, are they're not given. Like I, I mean, I didn't grow up with a. a love my dad, but I didn't grow up with somebody that spoke life over me or, or spoke, uh, you know, creative ideas into me. It was just something that I had to be intentional about doing. And so that's my heart is like providing that for those that want it. Right. But the problem is you got to want it. I can't make anybody do anything, but if you want it, squeaky wheel, always get in the grease in my book. So Mm -hmm. if people get a, get around us in the community, like that's the idea of like, I don't even feel like it's giving back, but it's it's a it's a way that we can grow together because it's it's only lonely at the top if you don't bring anybody with you, man. And and I, I want to take as many people with us as as possible. You know, part part of the 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 beauty about giving back is you get so much in return. Like that's a fulfilling life, right? When you start giving back at at such a high level, like that, that's a fulfill, that's fulfillment right there. Not only are you affecting other people positively, which is of course the goal and objective, but it just, it provides so much for you. Not, not only fulfillment, it, it just like, it fills your life. Like it fills everything about your journey uh, up. So it's beautiful. Absolutely. Um, all right. What's favorite book, business, whatever. Favorite book? I'm not going to say the Bible because that's a cheesy answer. Um, I'll go with uh, the Science of Success. Nice. All right. Never, never read that. I'll have to pick that one up. Changed my life, man. There's some wacky stuff in there. I mean, some wacky stuff, in in my opinion. Um, But the principles in there are whether this guy knows it or not. Are a lot of them are kingdom principles. So um, I can't even think of his name off the top of my head, but the science of success. So <laughs> sweet. All right. So last question before we wrap up, what are your three pillars of wealth creation? Three pillars of wealth creation, uh, obviously investing into yourself um, is, I mean, that's pr- proven time and time again, there's not, not a greater uh, asset to invest into, right? Like you've heard, we've heard, always hear pay yourself first, the way that I pay it. I don't, I'm not just like paying myself to pay my mortgage. I'm always looking at how, who can I who can I get around and be around? Even now, I'm still spending six figures a year in coaching. Like I need to be coached so that I can learn and, and continually coach. So invest in yourself. Um, wealth creation for me is also I have uh, insurance products and real estate. So myself, insurance products, real estate. Is that? Yeah, love it, man. Love Perfect. It. All right. Well, I do not have a 401k. I do not have any of that. That's so if anybody's wondering that, like that's yeah. seriously where <laughs> money is in assets and, 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 and insurance products. So cash flowing ass, assets, yeah. right? Which I believe that's like what you're about, Todd, like multifamily. I want to just, I don't want to just create money, put money over there and let it sit. Yeah. I, like I create, let's create some cash flow here while it's growing. And then ultimately have a larger payday um, that I can reinvest into having more cash flow. Right. Like that's what I've done with all of my businesses. Whether business, I mean, cash flow for me right now is certainly my businesses, but I'm taking that money and some of it has to be put back into marketing, but I'm I'm then investing in it into other vehicles that create more cash flow. That's that's when we say money is created, it, it it's it's a tool, right? And right now, some of us may have a freaking pickaxe 
right? You don't have a big one, but you, you can create a big one. It just takes the, the, the principles of sowing and reaping over time. Awesome. Awesome. Love it. Well, look, Riley, this is, this has been a blast. I've really appreciated you uh, being on the show. Tons of, tons of value. I love, I love uh, your energy, love your philosophies. So uh, it's really been a lot of fun. How can our listeners get in touch with you, learn more about what you got going on, connect, learn about King's Council, all that kind of stuff? Man, probably, I'm, certainly I'm, I'm on Instagram and things like that. But if, if uh, I talked about the seven day of creation, man, and I always like to give this, sometimes it's hard to, you can read the Bible again, but depending upon which translation, it's like, I don't really know what he's saying here. I've created a, it's like a, a cheat sheet, essentially, over the seven days of creation, how that can be applied into your business, your relationship, whatever it is. So um, if people were to text me um, the number seven, it can be just the number seven, or you can type out S-E-V-E-N, text me to 727-472-3860. Again, 727-472-3860. And you will get that uh, template automatically sent back to you so you can review that and see how you can apply that into your everyday life. Awesome. We'll put that in the show notes. Really appreciate it. Again, thanks so much for joining us and you have a fantastic rest of the day. Absolutely. Thanks, Todd. Hey, thanks so much for listening. I appreciate you being a loyal listener. Say, I would love to have you go on to our Facebook page and subscribe. Uh, give us a thumbs up. Go on to iTunes or wherever you listen and give us a rating and review. Don't forget to subscribe. But your rating and review just helps us push this out to more and more people and continue to grow our audience and hopefully positively affect a ton of people out there that really need this and, and want this. So uh, the other thing I've got for you is a free ebook on my website. So go on to VentureDProperties.com, VentureDProperties.com and download our free ebook uh, on real estate and on syndication. And I've got some data points in there, some really good stuff for you. So I'd love to have you take a look at that. It's free. I'm not expecting anything from it. Uh, and, and also look, if you want some help in multifamily, want some help learning, growing, getting your business off the ground, I would love to talk to you about what it would look like uh, to work with me potentially and see if that's a good fit. So you can go to coachwithdex.com and check that out and uh, we can definitely have a, uh, a call. Thanks a lot for listening. You make it a fantastic rest of the day. I'll catch you on the next episode.